0: black. <laughs> I am. Betting on black tonight. Welcome to Black Mentality, where we aim to intersect our daily black experiences with our mental health needs. What does that mean? I'm trying to achieve a state of mental wellness in this economy as a black person. And hopefully you guys are now aware that like that's basically the whole aim of this podcast. <laughs> I don't know why I'm doing this like really sultry voice, but hey, it's working. Is it working? You tell me. Anyway, um, so before I start, I just want to acknowledge and pay my respects to the traditional owners of this nation. I'm coming to you from Darug and Gandagara land. So before I even begin, begin again, <laughs> I actually really want to. Thank all of you for listening and for the overwhelming support—not just for the last episode, but for all the other episodes that um, you guys have just listened to and like responded to my ever-so curious questions on Instagram. So, if you remember, my handles are Black Mentality underscore on Instagram and Twitter. I'm more active on Insta. Like, I've actually—it's so weird—I've actually switched to Insta. <laughs> But anyway, so I'm glad to see that you're enjoying the podcast. And of course, your constructive feedback and compliments are always welcome. See how I um, emphasize the word compliment, but I'm joking. Um, Both are welcome. (laughs) You can catch me on Insta, like I said, again, and on Twitter to provide those overwhelming constructive feedback and mostly compliments. But, you know, I'm keen for both. Anyway, because... as you know I really enjoy engaging in some sort of dialogue with you guys I was really keen on um, having you guys in your insights about colorism inform this episode but before I get to that I just wanted to sort of um, talk about how for the last episode I did ask you guys how you recognize your own contributions as a black person and I asked you a question as a poll and most of you 81% of you actually mentioned that you recognize your own achievements and then the second part of that question was why do you or don't celebrate your own achievements and I only selected two responses that I thought were quite profound so the first response was sometimes I celebrate but find it hard to identify them as achievements and I thought this was great because and it's so relatable in the sense that like we live in a world where it's difficult to recognize those small victories we usually focus more when whenever something wrong goes on then the other comment was now i do because i'm fully aware that even little things deserve love oh, i just love it so much like oh that warms my heart anyway i, I really like that because it's like that mentality takes a lot of mental work to get to and you're really working on like, trying to actually make sure you're practicing your daily gratitude of your own attributes. So I really, really like that. Now for the game this week, I had you guys get involved and I thought this was fantastic. So I did sort of play a little game with you all on Insta and I asked you a series of questions, again, indulging in my curiosity and in my interests. anyway so the questions were about um colorism very colorist tailored just so that we can sort of hear people's perspectives i have my own views but of course i don't want to just focus on my views. so i really wanted to hear what you guys had to say so the questions and responses were do you think colorism is real um all respondents actually agreed that it was real then I asked whether you considered the skin tone of your partner, your future partner, your current partner, whoever you are currently partnered with. And most people actually said no, they didn't. And when they explained, because um, some people were like, what is this related to some people then explain that um the ones that had actually said yes they then explained that they were referring to race not the shades of blackness and that they do consider the shade of i suppose blackness in some regard i actually had a really good um discussion about about this with someone um i won't mention that story but it was great it was something that um we were able to go into the reasons behind why they wanted to have their children to have the have parents of the same skin tone and we delve deeper into what informed this belief um and they later realized that their view was actually embodying a colorist perspective and it's motivated by that which is which is we're all recovering colorists honestly like we can't say that like we haven't gone through certain things um And that we haven't had really problematic views when it comes to the colour of our skins as black people. But anyway, um, the third question then involved a set of pictures of three dark-skinned men. Idris Elba, Boris Chestnut, oh lord, and Lance Gross. Yeah, I'm not, yeah. (laughs) And then three lighter-skinned men, uh, Michael Eli, oh lord. Shayma Moore and Jesse Williams. Um, well, if, before I even move on, like, I mean, Mars Chestnut, come on, guys, Michael, Eli, you can tell that, like, I've got that balance for you in terms of men, so it's good, right? <laughs> but anyway, that's besides the point. Um, anyway, so I asked specifically about these six men who are in different spectrums of shade so again the first three were darker skinned men and the um, latter three were lighter skinned men and i asked whether the sex and personal vibe from these pictures were resulting from their skin tone interestingly this was a 50 50 scenario and i wondered whether it would be the same if um, i had posted women i personally believe that the results would definitely be skewed um where darker skinned women may be more sexualized and lighter skinned women could be viewed as more personable but hey again can't put words in people's mouth but i know in terms of our society and how it views Darker-skinned women—that's generally the case, either undesirable or or hypersexualized. And I'm not saying that lighter-skinned women aren't hypersexualized too. Hello, fetishizing though. Oh, I want my girls to be light-skinned. I want my girls. Yeah, there's a lot of like problematic statements that are being made. Then the fourth question I asked was whether the statements I only date light-skinned men or women. And I don't date dark-skinned men or women were colorist or preferential statements. It was interesting and quite warming in terms of my twist to see that the majority of people believe that these were colorist statements. Um, I chose those particular statements because they're actually quite problematic in reality and they generally propagate... propagate... um, they're generally propagated everywhere like media and cultures and institutions and in our own family dynamics that's why I chose them and I always say that preference really is about expressing your liking of one thing over another however it's not denying the beauty in the other so that's where colorism and those statements that I only date dark-skinned women or light-skinned men or women become quite problematic because it's usually attached with a lot of degrading comments about why it is that you then don't date the other anyway my fifth question was then about whether lighter skinned people had it any easier most people stated that there's more to it than a simple yes and no. I think that's a whole different, like, topic to be honest, to be delved into because I think it, it is quite tricky, like everyone's actually pointing out. I personally believe that, yes, it's true that lighter skinned people have it easier in certain aspects through no fault of themselves. It's more institutional. However, some people obviously play onto it, and then some people then um i suppose have internalized guilt from this and it's it's a damaging perspective to hold so i definitely think it is easier in the in the society that we live in that lighter skinned people are more palatable more accepted and um actually have a little bit more privilege i would say but in saying that there are a lot of ramifications that come from that Now, food for thought. My quote this week is from Ms. Alice Walker. So she was an American novelist who coined the term colorism in 1982 um, during her womanist work. Different topic altogether, but it's about embracing the inner feminine energy. (laughs) And really, I suppose, having choice. But anyway, to be specific, um, you can actually find the i suppose the the term colorism when she coined it in her book titled in search of our mother's gardens the concept of colorism was there previously but the terms were inconsistently used which only aided again in the process of the whole gaslighting that happens but essentially denying that colorism exists anyway if i took an excerpt from her um book Alice Walker um, collection, non-fiction. And this is the quote that I thought would be great to bring up today. Helped are those who love all the colours of all human beings, as they love all the colours of the animals and plants. None of their children, nor any of their ancestors, nor any part of themselves shall be hidden from them. I really... Liked this quote and chose this quote compared to her other ones Which I thought like I, I tell you, I'm going on a tangent right now But I tell you guys I was about to actually like Choose a whole segment from her like book Because I was like This is so relevant to what I want to talk about And it's just amazing But like I had to really deduce it to this particular quote Anyway, so this quote It speaks to me on a particular personal and also collective level. About our need to accept our different shades. I admit that it's a bit too optimistic in this current climate. But I was, I really want to instill hope in the minds of people anyway. So I, I stand by it. Yeah, I stand by it. Even though, yeah, it is a bit too optimistic. And yeah, our current society sucks that in our... That in... Our current reality how, is not reflecting, I suppose, that whole sentiment of, oh, let's all love each other's shade, each other's colours. However, by doing individual work, I'm hoping that we can start shifting those beliefs and it, not even start, like, I suppose, continue because this work has been going on for a while and generally it has been amplified over recent times and... It's actually better, yeah. I would say that, like, we're, we're making strides. We're making the moves, guys. We're really getting from point A to B. Now to C. Now we're going to get to Z. Z or Z, what do you say? Anyway. Um, now, betting on black. So, I really wanted to highlight a few people. Because I think these people are actually... Whether they're... Directly or indirectly challenging the status quo in terms of um, colorism I would like to say these people are the particular ones that I'm I'm seeing making some serious strides in terms of just at least getting different representation out there So we've got Set the Tone which is a web series and they also have their website And they're pretty good at actually highlighting different and celebrating different black people So I think that's been great then we've got um, Folk Mag, Folk Magazine. So that's a handle on um, Insta. And there are, it's more for, I suppose, ethnic people as a collective. And I think it's, great. it's termed, by the way, ethnic people as a collective is currently termed as people of colour at the moment. I have my own reservations about it, hence the name that I'm saying ethnic people. But in saying that, um, I think they're really doing well because not only are they showcasing, I suppose, black people, but they're also showcasing other ethnics. But as you know, like I said, really focusing on black. Like I said, we're always rooting for everyone black. But um, in that spirit, it is owned by a Zimbabwean woman and she's the founder of it and definitely loves to promote um you know blackness and other ethnicities too then we've got um oh gosh now I'm actually forgetting let me had it here let me get it uh, we've also got um crown mag it's not really um Australian though that's the thing it's an American magazine online magazine but I think it's quite useful too because it's like it's really all about black all about black everything black and you know me i promote every black so i think it's great so you feature on i think they've got a uh, competition at the moment so you can submit whatever type of creative um outlet that you currently do and then they will feature you in the magazine so that's great then we've got my cousin was actually involved in this um, that's how i remembered this um i'm not quite sure who the founders are But in terms of the campaign that just happened, this is really, I suppose, shaking up the status quo, starting to shake up the status quo in um, Australia about diversity in the media. So this was actually published on um, Marie Claire and um, it was a campaign called uh, Shine for Diversity, I believe. Um, Here we are. And I I thought it was great. They had different shades of black there as well. And then I suppose I really wanted to highlight um, Coach Muvindi as well. So Coach Muvindi, um is currently doing a lot of um, personal coaching to try and assist people just in their whatever personal goals that they might have. So I really wanted to highlight her because it will make sense when we talk about strategies that you can actually take in terms of um, coping and healing from colorism and I suppose now challenging colorist sentiments or particular views that you may have or other people's views as well. So I think yeah, it will be great to if people can always get in touch with someone like um coach in a way. Then let's talk black. So I'm sure you've already realized that the topic is on colorism. So. The concept of colorism is nothing new. So I really won't go into detail about defining its origins or anything like that. Um, But I'll give you a simplified textbook definition. Which, ah lord, textbook definitions have issues with them. They provide a basis, it's great. However, some people run with it and not necessarily look at the intricacies with everything. But anyway, I will just go into... The textbook definition of colorism so it refers to the discrimination or prejudice of people with dark skin tones, typically among people of the same ethnicity or race. Ta da, black people, anti blackness. Now you know. (laughs) So, to extend beyond that, we're consciously being exposed to colorist sentiments every day, whether it be via music, TV, live events, Afro spaces even books so i'm sure like you guys see it australia media like i've mentioned before i particularly don't consume it for that reason that um there's always a palatable black i suppose feature that we're looking at or black face that we're looking at and usually the push i think what i have what i have is an issue with um Media is that they only represent one particular black person or one particular black face. So it could be that mixed look, or it could be the very light skin look. Um, nothing wrong with that. I'm more or less, and a lot of other people also, basically contest that there's difference in um, shades of blackness. So please highlight that as well. But anyway. Given that we know that like spaces haven't always been um, catering to blackness, I'm really more about pushing for representation for ourselves. Anyway, so that's generally I suppose what I'm talking about in terms of um colorism. And what kind of inspired this episode as well was blackish, and there's a whole story to that. Like if you deduce it, like I understand it's about his family, it's about. It's about how he wanted to actually create um, Blackish, and now he's um, used Netflix as a platform to have his show um, Black as Fuck. So, the issue, I suppose, with all of that is just it's the same story, even though you got creative. suppose you got creative what was was the word he got the creative freedom to do whatever he wanted, but he chose to do the same story about his family and made sure that it was still the same thing but again contentious i would love to hear your thoughts on that actually because i've got my opinions but i'm not about to talk about that today so i'm not about to talk about that But anyway, if you aren't sure what I'm actually talking about, um, especially about how this lack in representation in Australia, consider the shade of blackness again that is always paraded or has been deemed palatable by the Australian media. Um, Altogether Now is an Aussie-based non-profit organisation that tries to promote unity of cultures. So they have also revealed that Australian media is often racialized through their audit of Australian media. So they have a full report that you can read if you're keen. I will always leave the link um, with my in my in my I suppose little blurb for the for the podcast. But a quick scope of literature. I don't know why I said it like that, but basically. Um, Uh, As you know, I like to add a snazz of research. So I kind of scoped the lit just to see what was around about colorism. And it revealed what we all know again, that there's a skin tone bias um, towards lighter skin across all races. The lighter skinned you are, the more privileged that you have, which is really known as skin color hierarchy. So again, I'm just preaching what we've known for a while. If you don't know don't know if you've been living under a rock, <laughs> no, I'm joking, but I would say you're pretty out of the loop about what's going on or you really actually don't particularly pay attention to what's going on and that's okay if that's how you cope with things, however I just hope that it's not hurting yourself where you're internalizing things or it's not hurting other people by how you treat them based on their skin tone. Um. Anyway, so we don't have much research in Australia on the black migrant experience of colorism however there has been some research on our first peoples i I won't go into detail about that but they obviously there's a whole complex like a whole complex background to how the indigenous um or our first peoples appearances are now as you know with stolen generation that there was a lot of mixture and there was also the attempts to breed out the like the indigenous I suppose blood I was doing quotations then obviously you can't see (laughs) but there's a lot of issues in terms of like how the the colour scheme came to be with our first nations people but in saying that they do talk about some of that and obviously a lot of um, the articles actually urged for me more research because it's not well researched it's such a omnipresent issue but it's really under researchers so for that reason i'll actually be citing um matthew taylor's jay's research on the impact of colorism on african-american women and their life outcomes on a side note i really hope that in future we are getting um researchers that are black actually doing something about this um in australia especially looking at the black experience in australia because it's this is such a important topic to be honest. like I'm not gonna lie. like I'm a bit biased, but I think it's an equally important topic. Anyway, so in um, Taylor's research and Co, they identified that colorism is actually complicated by issues such as race, class and sexism, and contributes to how colorism negatively impacts women's self-esteem, identity, and social capital. I can't tell you enough how intersection is very important in this. Like, definitely the fact that, like, you're a black woman is already, I suppose, like, if you're looking at it from a race standpoint, you're already going to be having disadvantages. I'm not saying that you have to then live within that narrative. However, the odds are already stacked at you based on, I suppose, how anti-blackness works around the world. And then if you talk about class and if you're from a lower socioeconomic background, imagine how that is going to be adding on top of um, the disadvantage you'll be experiencing. And then sexism on a daily basis. You can't tell me that we don't experience it. Obviously, it's about what you're exposed to as well. So if you're, if you're around men at work, don't even come at me with that one because I tell you I've had experiences too. But um, if you're around men at work, generally men as friends, depending on the kind of friends that you have, you might be experiencing um, sexism too. And of course, you have some control to that in terms of your exposure um, to, let's say, the people you hang out with, the music you listen to, because that's definitely within your power to control that. But of course, it might be difficult for some people, so given that like we live in this world anyway and in terms of your self-esteem it might be impacted by the fact that you are experiencing um outright colorism from your family members from society in general and that does kind of make you feel like Am I actually desirable or not? There was this pseudoscience, um, research paper. I remember, I won't even give the author a mention, but it was essentially saying that the least desirable men and women are, for men, it was Asian men, for women, it was black women. And, of course, we're not talking about, like, all shades of blackness that were purposely referring to darker-skinned women. Um that's a whole other story too but i don't even know why i brought it up like well, i wanted to bring it up just to let you know that there are again societal i suppose connotations that are attached to how the world sees black women so it is quite sad that that's the case but that is the reality and people do tend to want to gaslight like that don't know why when there's so much evidence they'll <laughs> no be like are you overly sensitive uh, obviously not anyway <laughs> um yeah so again in the study they just reiterate what we already know as a collective that there are black people and mainly men <laughs> and i'm gonna say some to most that perpetuate the skin color bias and Of course women are disproportionately affected than men. Men, yes, do experience colorism too. Um, Dark-skinned men will experience um, fetishization. So they might be seen as hyper-masculine or there might be that push for them to be uh, in the realm of um, toxic masculinity. So they might not be afforded um, perhaps like um, vulnerability, which I, oh, you have no idea. I love to push that. black men deserve to be vulnerable and i love to push the idea that um being in touch with your feminine side as a man is completely fine so if you want to get like let's say a pedicure that's what i mean as in being in touch with your um feminine side that's completely fine like i don't understand how that's going to compromise your masculinity but anyway that's in an ideal world for me (laughs) but um yeah so lighter skinned men can also be seen as too soft which is bizarre i don't understand but like it's just the stereotypes that are quite um hurtful to be honest and um impact people quite negatively so in the study they also highlighted that there is a point of tension between black people when it comes to the double standard of colorism and again this was a, what i referred to earlier about darker skinned people being mainly desirable if they're men and vilified if they're women so and that's mainly as a result that um, again dark skinned is associated with masculinity so when it's then converted into the woman they perceive that to be ugly but it's like we have different energies masculine and feminine energies exist within a particular with within each individual so it just doesn't make sense why it is then vilified in a person that's considered to be feminine And like, again I, I know where it comes from It's you generally from like the Western beauty standards but don't even get me started into another topic in itself uh, but suppose for me what was great to see from this sample is that the women actually had a higher self-esteem um, and that was that was actually highlighted in that they would still choose to be darker skinned if they were given a second option so they suggest that this high self-esteem serves as a protective factor to ensure that women's identity and social capital are maintained which is fantastic because that's how you see winning dark-skinned women like the ones that are like you know what i will not let you dictate my my identity i will continue to write this narrative for myself and again these women have done a lot of work or, or generally have always been empowered Or have somehow evolved and empowered themselves or been empowered by someone else. But I think it's great. And I I really want to focus and touch on that. That's the main thing that I'm actually focusing. And of course on the flip side. We're not going to try and like deny the fact that some black women are influenced by these undesirable attitudes and biased judgments towards them. Which then results in them internalizing these messages and standards of beauty. And of course it impacts on someone's self-esteem but because this is a podcast directed at achieving a state of mental well-being i kind of curated a few tips for y'all that i have also personally used and hopefully that will work to you for you guys so these main mental health tips are tailored towards darker skinned people because one my personal proximity to the darker shade and two that people with lighter skin obviously experience colorism but in a different form and the severity of the impact is generally less so in terms of how their life outcomes are then impacted so i'm talking about social capital and i suppose how their standings are in society um And that's not to negate or invalidate anyone's experience of colorism who's lighter skinned. Just remember that I am personally speaking to the darker skinned people because of my personal experience, like I mentioned, and because of how I perceive and I have also seen through literature, obviously literature is not gold, but also have seen just in patterns of history, like how darker skinned women are. Actually treated. I don't know why I had to explain that but just in case but either way This is always a point of tension that we always experience where There will be some sort of tension and someone will probably say it's divisive <laughs> But anyway, these tips are lighter skin people can use it too because this is great um, but it's for both men women and non-binary people so you can definitely try to use this so individually i would like to say that perhaps actually noticing your own biases or the biases in society when it comes to um colorism would be the first step so actually noticing biases in your own thoughts how you react emotionally or respond emotionally and how you then behave and then we can work towards um, challenging these biases so how i started noticing um, my thoughts around colorism was did i notice that i was negatively commenting on the color of a darker skinned person as well was i comparing my skin tone to someone who's lighter or darker or was i noticing that like i may be thinking that i'm the only darker skinned person in a room and when that happened was I thinking cool that's fine or was I doubting myself or was it somehow apprehensive to then take it a step further and in the spirit of psychoanalysis I, um, I love to unpack thoughts Like if that hasn't been evident but I love to unpack thoughts and in this particular situation I unpacked it a bit more and to, to a degree that I I could handle so that's also another thing i would emphasize for you guys don't do this if you're not particularly comfortable or if you haven't been um exposed into you dealing with your own thoughts or sitting with your own thoughts but for me i would generally ask to was it normal for me to feel uncomfortable when i was in dr- so for me i generally realized that it's generally normal to feel uncomfortable when you are addressing biases that have been deeply rooted in you so as a step further i then ask myself why am i thinking this what outcome am i hoping to achieve with these thoughts and that's generally something that helped in that situation now similar to those thoughts again it's the process of noticing your emotions and i would try to actually ascertain how i would feel when i negatively commented on someone's darker skin or if they commented on my skin as being darker how would i feel or how would i feel when there was a comparison of skin tones and i ended up being the lighter or the darker one or how i felt whenever i was the only darker skinned person in the room so without invalidating my own emotional experience I would then challenge these emotions, like asking again, why do I feel sad or happy that I'm darker or lighter skinned than my friend? So it's about again, noticing those thoughts, those emotions. And now in terms of behavior, it was just definitely looking to see how I would then act. So would I be constantly scrolling through Instagram, looking at the desirable, I suppose, look? that black people wanted or would i actually be trying to get more um more pictures of darker skinned people what kind of music was i listening to was it empowering or not so all these things really worked so for me personally again i challenge those thoughts in my mind where i just be like why am i thinking that like and if i'm noticing that i'm the only darker skinned person in the room I'd be like, what's the context? And if I am currently, let's say, noticing TV, I'd be like, why am I watching this if it's not serving me a purpose? I know that there's so much content out there with darker skinned people. Why can't I access that? So I definitely believe in like accessing something that elevates darker skinned women as well and darker skinned men. In the same light as lighter skinned men and women so for me I definitely want that balance and I actively listen to music and watch shows and movies that are quite balanced of course it's not easy to always find that we don't live in a perfect world we're still trying to evolve so I'm generally just whenever I do see that I I, I critique it I move on if it's not serving my purpose in terms of my empowerment agenda I leave it I acknowledge that I did watch it but then I move on like really forgotten like I move on quickly like really like running from the wind in a way (laughs) I don't know if that made sense and then collectively I think again a a lot of people are doing this which is great which is continuing to hype the movement that aims to dismantle colorism and honestly your voice matters so i really um uh, implore people to continue and really continue and championing those people that support the work um that is changing the imagery like movies and tv shows like all those um um like folk like i mentioned and Oh there's a particular woman that actually is she's she's African Australian um she has been on SBS as well and she has pointed at the colorist um issues that are occurring in Australia in terms of media just can't remember her name I wish I could remember but then she is definitely doing something so again Making those people who really need to be supported, and I champion and always support anyone who's doing that kind of work. So yeah, let's continue doing that. And again, collectively supporting anything that's black that comes out. This is not to say you can't critique, by the way, because I know there's always again that that dissonance in terms of like, okay, if someone who's black brings out some material do we just have to like it no you have your free will and you have a choice so definitely get in there and use your critiquing voice constructive feedback voice (laughs) but yeah um i think that those are my tips for now um there are obviously more questions you can use to elicit if there's a pattern to your thoughts emotions and behaviors in relation to colorism I think I've just given you a few to get started on. And of course it's about you doing the work. You can always find a lot of content out there. That's dark for for darker skinned people. And that actually does try to um, dismantle colorism. So I think look at that as well. And of course then you have to make your own informed decision. But yeah. Let me know how you go with these things. And send me a message or whatever. On my insta. On twitter or anything like that. And then. Let's create dialogue. You know my handles at black mentality underscore deuces.